one podcast. My name is Kevin Wells, and I'm here with your priest on a mission, Father Dan Leary. We do this podcast in honor of Venerable Aloysius Schwartz. Father Dan, how you been? Good, Kevin. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. It's uh, it's uh, I don't know what to say about 2021, but um, here's here's the hoping. So, Father, we I want to throw this at you. I think you and I way back in the day talked about this. So Exodus 90 is three or four days in. I'm, I jumped on board again, and I, I got a question for you. Father, is it okay when you take a cold shower? If you, if you cry just a little bit, is that permissible, or do you need to admit that to, your, to, your, to the guys you're doing it with, or you just keep it to yourself? How, how should I handle the fact that every now and then I do cry? Well, I don't know because all I got basically most of the time down here is cold water, so I don't know what to tell you about that one. I think you just freeze, and then your tears freeze up in your eyes. Yeah, well, that, yeah, well, maybe, maybe. So, so I, I, I'm just, I, I can't complain, but it is, it's just I can't get over the hump on that one. I mean, I won't have sweets. I all the I'll, I'll exercise, but the cold showers. Anyway, I'll, I'll shut up about that. It's an excellent program, and uh, I think you've done it in the past, haven't you, Father? Yeah, we've had groups of men doing it. It's been, it's been a blessing, man. It's a lot, lot of healing with the guys. Yeah, we need healing right now, um, worldwide in America. America's America's going through a lot right now. I, I know you're sort of detached from it, and you should be. But there was a big election last night in Georgia, and and if you're a Republican today, you're 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 crying a little bit. But um, you know that's why that's why it's wonderful to be a Catholic in today's day and age, a Christian, because you really do. If you're disillusioned or you're scratching your head about the state of things or the state of 2020, and you're you're uncertain about 21, you know, you can just go to God and say, hey, God, man, it, it, it's about reliance on you and placing my faith in you and just being the best I can to my wife, to my kids, to my family, to my friends. And I, I really think at the end of the day, it's just, it's about that. What do you think? What do you think, Father? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I, I've just learned, I, I don't think I can, I don't think I can change people. I can introduce them to Christ. I can invite them to Christ. I can teach them about Christ. But ultimately, it's that personal decision in the heart of every one of them to accept Christ and to live the life that Christ has for them. Great answer. Great answer. Father, I, I understand a little birdie flew up from Chalco, Mexico and landed in Millersville, Maryland, and, and told me that today, not yesterday, not tomorrow, but today is your six-month anniversary from when you aborted mission from Washington, D.C. and headed down to Mexico. Is that true? Yeah, today I celebrate <clears throat> six months. And um, so the sisters had a, had a lunch for me and a big cake. And uh, one, of, one of the Korean sisters made the cake. It's like a three-decker. It was great. It was uh, made with love. Oh, that's wonderful. What did they did they shove it down your, your throat like in wedding weddings with husband husband and wife? No, or? Not really, but they sang a song, uh, "You Are a Priest Forever." The sisters sang that, which was quite beautiful, quite beautiful. Um, I'll try to get some photos over to the World Village website so you can see the sisters singing. It's beautiful. Please do. So the obvious question is: so in the weeks prior to gearing up and leaving to become a missionary priest, I'm sure you had a lot on your mind. So six months in, how do you feel now that you've sort of firmly embedded yourself with with the kids, with the sisters? What's it like six months later? Well, it's it's 
everything I thought, and it's more obviously, and it's yet at the same time, it's limited because I can't travel to the other countries. But the the intensity and the, the drilling down into the wounds of the kids has also been really great. It's the largest uh, um, girls' town on this side of the world. I think it's the largest that they have, maybe even bigger than the Philippines. So um, the, the consistent presence of a spiritual father, the consistent presence of confession, um, the extra masses, as I call them, we call them the voluntary masses, um, all of that, and then just this, this sustained presence for the girls, and of course the sisters, is huge, huge, huge. Sure, sure. I, I was thinking... I guess because of uh, the pandemic, it's actually been sort of a, a soft landing for you where you've consolidated yourself just to Mexico without COVID you're, you're actually in, in there's for the listener, there's 17 different locations throughout the world where the sisters of Mary are taking care of the poorest of the poor, these teenagers. So father, I, I'd imagine you, you at this point, six months in, you might be in Korea, Philippines, Africa. Is it, is that accurate? I would think, I, you know, we, we don't really know what it's going to look like. And where's the biggest bang for the buck? Is it a consistent presence of rotating four or five places? Of course, it's going to Boys Town. But then again, we need vocations. So a lot of that is kind of we're, we're, we're trying to figure that out. I mean, look, Father Al always said, you know, I, I try to run lightly and let the spirit lead me. So I'm kind of just letting that happen. That sounds that's very wise. Wise words from Father Al and wise for you, Father Dan, to pick up on that. So right now, just just uh, the past few weeks, Christmas season, Epiphany season, what have you been doing down there? Well, <clears throat> all the sisters are here. The children, as I mentioned before, went home. And there's about 10 girls, which is really amazing, uh, that have remained. Um, and so the sisters have meals together. I eat with them. They eat in sort of a public place, not in the cloister. <clears throat> and uh, I've been giving retreats to the sisters uh, and uh, even had an outside a retreat for outsiders. They came in. So it's been pretty busy, you know, and even time with the kids, the girls that I, we play sports with the girls and the, even the sisters. And um, so it's been quite beautiful. It's, it's not been at all empty. It's also a lot of, a lot of time for the sisters to have adoration, and spiritual talks. So a couple things you brought up there, you, you said some outsiders came in. So I want you to address that. But also, if you could address that the kids that had to stay home over Christmas for various reasons, I imagine maybe I'm wrong here, but I imagine that there was some initial sadness or um, just that feeling that a kid has that they need to stay at the at, at the girls town when they when you know they want to be home with family for on Christmas morning. So three weeks later, these kids that didn't get a chance to go home, has have you seen sort of a, um, oh, I don't know, a piecemeal progression from sort of that sadness to a kind of, hey, you know what? It wasn't that bad after all to be with Father Dan and the sisters. Well, yeah, starting with the girls, um, there were reasons, Kevin, why they didn't go home. Some of them I totally agreed with. Uh, we want to send them home to safe places and places that are not going to um, treat them in an unhealthy manner. And, and so I was in on a, a couple of the conversations when the girls decided that decision to, to stay. And so I agree that look that the girls, I tell them all the time, they represent the 20,000 girls 
and they eat with us. They eat lunch and dinner. So the girls come in and you just got little, little, little headed kids all, you know, interspersed among the sisters. And I try to eat with one of them and other and sisters. So there's four people at a table and I get one of the girls and they always eat with me. And, you know, we have a great time uh, talking and I learn a lot, lot about her. And, you know, part of it might be the first time she's ever eaten with a priest. And, you know, and so we have a lot of fun. And I cut up the fruit, you know, there's fruit on the table and I give her some and eat it from her hand. Like it's, they just go crazy. So the TLC is an angle that I'm really working on with the kiddos. Right. Well, that's, that's great. So what you do, what you've done is you've made it very intimate and warm and welcoming and almost like you're, you're stepping in as their dad. Well, you are a father, but you're stepping in as, as their father figure and you're making it fun and, and uh, just, just the Christmas spirit you're, you're giving them. Now, you, you, you did say that some kids were coming in from outside. Yeah. What's, what's mm -hmm. going on with that? Well, I had a retreat, uh, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday retreat last week, um, and it was beautiful. So it was a, it was a re discernment retreat about for girls, and uh, 10, 11 girls came. I mean, this is the pain of the poor, right? So one of the girls comes, and uh, she had to leave after the first day. Her mom called why um, her brother died. And, you know, he was had some health issues. And so, I mean, it's just the poor, you know, it's the poor. And here's a girl on the retreat that really was open. Uh, it was a tremendously healing retreat. There were some real highlights and beautiful stories, if, ever, if you want me to share. But, like, um, as it turned out, five of the girls, some of them are graduates, some of them are not. Five of them are going to come back and join the community. And one of them stayed actually that day. So it was just, I mean, it was incredible, incredible graces. Father, I, I want to catch that right. When you say they stayed to join the community, define that. Do you, you mean they're considering becoming, starting the postulancy or novitiate with the Sisters of Mary or just? Yeah, the word is a candidate. So one of the girls brought her older sister. The, the younger one is a graduate. The older sister was not. And they were like two peas in a pod, super cute together. One was 18, the younger one, one was 21. And they just love each other so much. And the older one had never been on a retreat and had different life experiences. And the little one was really the evangelizer. And um, anyway, on Sunday morning, um, they were crying in the corner, kind of talking. I come to find out as we're getting ready, we're at the gate to say goodbye. The mother of the two girls is there. They're blood sisters, of course. And the little sister is, is talking to the mother crying. And she takes off the chain of the blessed mother and puts it on her mother and hugs her, hugs her, hugs her. I mean, I don't know what's going on. And the three of them are hugging. And uh, anyway, the little sister decided to stay. She wants to become a religious sister. So she's with us and, then the I gave all of them blessed oil, all the girls, and I went over and tried to find out what's going on. And so the little sister knelt in front of her mother and her mother blessed her with oil. Never had done that, of course. And the big sister had done it on the retreat. And uh, so they're, you know, the whole, all three of them are slobbering all over each other and blessing each other with oil. Then the little sister blesses her mom and big sister. And she's with us today. Well, that that is 
staggering. It's beautiful. It's it's Christmas season story that makes Miracle on 34th Street and It's Wonderful Life sort of pale in comparison. Just the visual that you paint that they she surrendered essentially herself to outside living and says, I want what the sisters have. I'm going to give this a shot. I have I have faith that maybe God's calling me to become one of these holy sisters. I mean, that's for you to see that. You know, I'm talking about crying in a cold shower, but I imagine you were getting a little weepy just seeing that take place. Oh, yeah. All the sisters were crying, and she was not one of the five that was going to come back. She was, we had two kind of like um, groups that met uh, one the last night and shared the ones that really wanted to stay and the ones that were not discerning um, at this time. But all of them received huge healing in front of Our Lady, in front of the Eucharist. And the little, the one that stayed was with her big sister, who's not discerning. And uh, so when we hit the number five, it's really six, really have expressed a sincere interest. They actually walked home with the necessary paperwork to stay on, to come back. Goodness gracious. Thank you for sharing that story and these stories. They, they just keep coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's incredible. So- it is. It, it, it truly is. It, you know that word's thrown out too often. Incredible, but it's 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 higher than that. It's it's um it's of God. It sounds like it's just of God. It's the holy. It's the movement of the Holy Spirit and 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 girls, young girls, being willing to to understand it. It's having the eyes open to to say yeah. You know, I think I'm being led somewhere. So so thank you. I um thank you for that, Father. Now I got to ask you. How did you decide, or when did you decide, hey, man, I've been here for six months, five and a half months. I could always go home for a day or two to Bethesda, Maryland, and celebrate Christmas really quick and then head back to Mexico. When did you decide, I am not going to go home to America for Christmas? Well, that was a mutual decision. Uh, You know, it was the two-week, it was the quarantine thing. It was wasting that time. And it really was um, a decision of sacrifice, to be honest. Because uh, the sisters that join the community, they don't go home for the first seven years. And I just felt it would be a mockery if I left. And, you know, I have to put on the mind of being a spiritual father. And so if I had rolled out, the sisters would not have had mass. We wouldn't have had a lot of the spiritual things. And my thanks be to God, my family understands. But, yeah, I felt it necessary to to stay in the trench with them. You know, I don't know how to say trench in Spanish, but I didn't bail. So. It's it's El Trencho. <laughs> <laughs> no, father, father, that's really scriptural though. You know, it's Jesus who says, you know, you know, to follow, you must give up mother, father, sister, brother, you know, you give up all. It sounds like, you know, you, you're getting to the point where you're, you're really, you're looking at the sisters and saying, boy, if they, if they did this, Number one, you know, maybe I should try it. And number two, if I don't do it, then then people are going to be lacking the sacramental graces that I can provide. So it, like you said, it it truly is a sacrifice of love. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know the mind of the poor, but I know that a lot of his sisters came from the graduates and therefore they were poor when they came in. So I just felt like it's inconsistent. You know what I mean? um for me just to roll out and uh so that's why i stayed and it was great it was a great christmas it was busy it was restful 
Um, but the sisters had tons of spiritual opportunities, which, man, they just never get a chance, man. So that was easy for me to do. Did you get a chance to, to like have any fun? Like I know they got basketball courts and soccer fields. Did you, have you been having some fun with the kids? Well, yeah, the girls and I play hoops all the time. Well, the girls, we play hoops and, you know, we play in the afternoon. And then this past week, the, the sisters divided up into teams and they have what they call Olympics. And so they keep score. And uh, so the last two days, they, we have two full court games going on, five on five uh, and hoops um, in the gym. So I kind of rotate from all four teams, you know what I mean? Uh, so I play hoops with them. <laughs> I think it's called hoops. I don't basketball. I don't know if that's exactly the right terminology. It, it, yeah, it's called hoops. Uh, do, do you bounce around for the four different teams because neither, none of the teams want you on it? or? <laughs> Well, how does that work? Kevin, go ahead. You have to understand, man. Like, okay, let me just put it down in like simple basketball terms. Double dribble is just a given. (laughs) Shooting a brick. Like, I can't, you can't even yell brick because the sisters are just, as soon as they get the ball, it doesn't matter where they are. If they're on half court, they just (laughs) chuck it at the basket. Sometimes one handed. And honestly, the thing goes in. I'm like, and sister banked one off the other backboard. And then they're like high-fiving each other. And I'm throwing the ball in and, and like everybody's high-fiving. I was like, sister, come on, like get it together. <laughs> and, and it's it, a total, it, it's a total hack fest, total hack. Yeah, it's rugby basketball, you know, Chalco style. So, uh, and I've seen the sisters down there. They're not, they're not giants. And, you know, what are you, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 5'10"? Five, so I imagine you're like Shaquille O'Neal. With, with those it's so funny, man. They keep saying to me, you're so tall. You're so tall, sister. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, sister, I'm 5'10". Relax, okay? <laughs> and they're like jumping. And But, yeah, I, I told them there's no charity on the basketball court. So anytime, like, they hack me. And they're hackers, man. They are total hackers. They uh, They just start laughing. And uh, I keep saying, you got to go to confession because you hack, you know, <laughs> but it's double dribble, double dribble. It, you, like if you play defense and they pick up the ball, they'll just re-dribble again. So you don't, there's no way to play defense against that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like when I used to play basketball with my four-year-old daughter, like she didn't have a clue. <laughs> you, you tried to teach her like the first 15 minutes that you can't. And then you're like, screw it, let's just have a good time. So that yeah. that's the way it is with the sisters. And they're laughing and giggling and smiling. So you're like, whatever, let's just roll with it. And oh, then yeah, all yeah. of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, you you know, you can go back to your Georgetown prep high school days where you're trying to, you know, sh- show the show the sisters some things. And then a half an hour later, you're double dribbling, you're hacking, you're you're throwing half court passes and shots, and you don't care anymore. Look, man, I think I think the the bottom line is, you know, I I told one, I was like, look, there's no there's no charity, man. And this one shot it, man. And I kind of, I kind of hacked her. Right. And she's like, father, show some mercy. And I was like, no, there's no mercy, man. <laughs> it, it is really funny. It's, it's hilarious the way, the way the hacking is going on. Well, well, that, well, that's what the sisters need and that's what the kids need. And also I, I, it's kind of funny, you know, there's normal times there's 33, 3,400 kids there. It must seem like a ghost town right now. Yeah, but they're, you know, the sisters are doing all kinds of stuff and getting ready. So there's not a lot of lying around. You know, it isn't uh, soap operaville, but it's good. It's 
it's what the sisters needed. You know, they needed to clear their minds and really um, have a break. It was 11 nonstop months. Uh, so, oh, I know. They're, they're just, they don't stop. They're, they're just a poured libation of, of, of giving. How about you? So you've mentioned that you've, you've given retreats, um, that you're hanging out with the kids at lunch and playing sports with them, and you know, you're spending time in prayer. But, but uh, when the Christmas break started and the 3,000 kids took off for their homes, have you been able to unwind a little bit and spend more time in meditation, maybe pick up some books on some saints or contemplation to sort of just re- re-energize and re-engineer your priesthood just through quiet? Yeah, Father Al had a had a yeah actually Father Al had a great devotion to uh, uh, Saint Therese of the Child Jesus. So I read the story of the soul. I had a Skype retreat with a priest I know, and that was really great. That was a lot of grace. Um, and then you know I'm um, you know each of the sisters I give I ask them give me a prayer intention. I've been going through the group. You know I pray a holy hour every for every sister. And I, you know, I've had a lot of time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So each sister wrote their name, the virtue, excuse me, the, the vow they want to work on. So it's poverty, chastity, obedience, service, and prayer. And then their intention, and then they fold it up. And I write the date and time, and I give it back to the sister. Uh, sometimes I get inspired with a scriptural reference. But um I'm going through that now because it's for it's about them. It's not like for the Holy Father or for the souls in purgatory. We already did that intention. I'm more focused on really like me as a spiritual father lifting up the spiritual, I don't want to say struggles only, but the joys or the, the the trials of a sister. And it's really beautiful, man. The sisters, you know, they 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 offer back really beautiful spiritual intentions as well, sacrifices and prayers as well. So I do believe that what I am receiving back is a hundredfold what I'm giving. Yeah. Well, you, you core drill down and you personalize it. It's symbiotic. You give and they give back. That's yeah. again, that's, that's the way it should be. I, I, so when the kids come back, can you, it, through prayer and reading Tres of Lisieux and, you know, just spending time, do you, do you look at the next six months and you kind of look back and say, okay, we did this. I did this. I prayed this way. I, I gave this way. Do you, do you look at the six months ahead of you and say, you know what, I'm going to adjust the, just this one thing here or try this. I haven't tried that. Or, or are you going to just try and stay with the spirit and just go where the spirit leads you? Well, for the most part, yeah, I have a program set up for the girls, which is really an evangelization tool um, about the early church and the acts of the apostles and taking a few scripture phrases and applying that to how the older girls, when they will graduate, with the younger girls, actually, with the, excuse me, with the sisters, I told them today in my meditation, I really, really sincerely believe that they have the grace, the virtue of perseverance, because they have been so long without a spiritual father. And so what I've really been doing is working on the discernment of spirits retreats, like Father Tim Gallagher's book, and then um, giving those classes to them. And man, I got to tell you, it's it really is. It's like pouring water on dry land, man. The ground just eats it up. It it's not sure. The sisters are not sure, but man, I have seen a radical change, a dramatic change, in the sisters and their ability to be aware and discern. I mean, it's been a tough life, but 
there's great stuff, man. There's really powerful stuff. So I imagine the Lord will keep having me continue the discernment classes and then also getting into the story of the soul and teaching some spiritual um, uh, wisdom from St. Therese. Okay. Um, so I want to ask you this. You, you mentioned story of the soul and Therese Lassou. And as you know, uh, Father Al was a Carmelite at heart. He loved John of the Cross, Therese Lassou, uh, Teresa of Avila. He just, it was that, you know, that prayerfulness, that mysticism, that mysticism from prayer. Do you, you know, you've been there for a while now, and I, and I know you've read voluminously about Father Al's prayer life. You've read his homilies. You've read his biography, his autobiography, et cetera. Are, are you too, like Father Al, where you're drawn to the mystics, those Carmelites? Uh, yeah, I I have not always been drawn to her. So what I felt in my heart is why did he why did this guy feel called or why did she choose him? Really, saints choose us. And so as I read it, I see more insights because to me, when I read her years ago and I haven't I picked I've read the story of his soul twice. It was always sort of an emotional thing. You know, she was always emotional. And I was like, come on, chill, quit crying. But um, with the grace of God, I'm able to really understand her more. And of course, I'm reading some other books like on spiritual formation of the sisters and read a few books on the priesthood, some documents uh, about the priesthood uh, around the time Father Al was ordained as well, which was 1957. So, uh, um, and that's been pretty insightful to understand how this guy that came out of the seminary um, at a difficult time, never lost sight of the real mission of the church, devotion to Our Lady, the saints, the rosary. Uh, that has been just incredible. Yeah, he was relentless, and you used the word earlier. He just persevered through everything. And um, you're right, I, I I can see why he was drawn to uh, St. Therese Lassoux, she was emotional. You're right. That's why I kind of draw to her because I get emotional in the shower and have panic attacks. So I'm, I'm really drawn to her as well because I, because she cried and I cry too. So I was, I was seeing if you would go that way with St. Therese, but you didn't go there. No, no, okay. no. She's been actually really a grace for me because I see so many examples of her life in the lives of being able to teach the sisters. It's powerful. Yeah, I mean, she, she she was a saint within a couple of years after her memoirs got out. It, it's just, um, yeah, she's a doctor. So, uh, well, Father, thanks. It's it, You know, we all missed you over the Christmas season. A lot of folks were asking about you, believe it or not. Oh, I didn't great. run into any Learys, but I ran into some of your old parishioners, some of your old friends, and they're saying, hey, is Father Dan coming back for Christmas? And and I said, no, he's going to stick down there. And you know, they kind of scratched their head. Well, why? Well, I said, you know, I think that's his, he's a missionary now. He's a missionary priest, and he feels like he needs to be around the sisters and children. And, and, and each of them, it seemed to get it. So um, I'll just tell them, uh, tell them all you're doing well. Yeah, doing the work. Yeah, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you got to earn your reputation. And uh, I think if I'm jumping on a plane to go home all the time, I think it gives a, I think it's not good for the sisters. It's not good for me. And it's not good for the people to really as much, as much as I would love to see them and maybe the other equally, I just think it would cause them. Hey father, you got a big family down there that's suffering. Don't abandon them. And I think that's just the truth. 
uh, it, well, it certainly sounds that way. It is, well, it is the truth. It is the truth. And, and thank you for, for sticking with them and encouraging us really challenging us to to stick to things that are hard in life so with that said father do you mind leading us out in a blessing or a prayer sure may the lord bless you protect you may the lord let his face shine upon you and may the lord give you his peace may our lady be with you always in all that you do may almighty god bless you father son holy spirit amen amen thank you father we'll catch up with you in uh in a couple weeks all right brother peace yeah god bless you folks You've been listening to the One to One Podcast with Father Dan Leary and Kevin Wells. If you want to learn more about the founder, Father Al, or how to support Father Dan's mission and the Sisters of Mary's mission, head on over to worldvillages.org. And to follow more podcast episodes, go ahead and subscribe, like, share this podcast so more people can find out about the goodness coming out of these awesome conversations. For more podcasts and podcasts just like it, head on over to holyruckus.com. Thanks so much.